time for your Saturday morning coffee with Reese Boyd. Reese Boyd is on right now. Talk 94.5. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another edition of Saturday Morning Coffee, the Reese Boyd Radio Hour. It is 7.08 on your Saturday morning, Saturday, March the 12th, 2022. Thanks for joining us here on the show. Welcome to the program, another uh, edition of Saturday Morning Coffee. As you guys know, I am Reese Boyd, local attorney here in town with the firm of Davis & Boyd. I'm your host for Saturday Morning Coffee. Thank you for joining us here this morning at Saturday Morning Coffee. We invite you to sit down, pour yourself a cup of your favorite coffee. Join us as we talk about the news, current events, all the things going on that we think you need to know. Here at Saturday Morning Coffee, we're all about limited government, lower taxes, more freedom, everything that means more freedom for you, more freedom for me, more freedom for all of us who are we the people. We've got a country to save, folks, and it starts right here right wherever you are listening to the words of my voice, right in your car, right in the kitchen, or right in the den, right in your bathroom, right in your bedroom, wherever you happen to be, it's where freedom starts. Knowledge is power, and we try to empower you every Saturday morning. So thanks for joining us here on the show. Joined in the studio this morning, as always, by producer extraordinaire Dr. Die. Good morning, Dr. Die. Good morning, Mr. Reese Boyd. How are you, sir? I am fine. How are you? I'm very good. That yes. your that your television news anchor very voice. Bu- very busy week for Glenn. Busy week for busy yeah. week for all of us. Yeah. So crazy busy week. I'm painting, but that's a good thing, right? I'm working this. I'm working the blinds, and I'm painting my house. Wow. You, you know got, why? Because I can't get a painter. You I can't mean, get a painter. I, I oh, got, you can't get anything. I got somebody come out and look and say, "I'll get back to you with a price." And that was several days ago. And and you and, wait. And then they told me uh, we'll get to you. We'd be able to get to you when we do it in May. So I'm like, man, I need my master bedroom back. Yeah. You know, I mean, I yeah. had my house upended because we replaced all the flooring. So I, it's just like moving. And I'm like, I'm not putting it back together until I'm like done. That That is a recurring theme, Glenn. You can't, you can't find people to serve. You can't yeah. find people to work. I mean, it is you cannot find people who are interested in working in this economy. Well, it's, and the ones that are are so busy. So busy. Everybody's yeah. so backed up. Yeah. And so, uh, yeah, it's, uh, well, Good luck with that. We've been extre- <laughs> extremely busy at the office. We we are blessed to have plenty of clients and a lot to work on, but it's been an extremely uh, busy week for me. And so uh, what are you drinking this morning? What's the coffee du jour? I am still stuck on Costco's Colombian. Oh, very good. Me and Juan Valdez were just like this. Uh, just like these, mm-hmm. Juan Valdez, just uh, a, a note in a minute, I'm going to introduce a special guest host that we really? have joining us here today. A little su- surprise for mm-hmm. our listeners. She brought me some Dunkin' Donuts, but I have also brought with me from home some, I want to give a shout out to uh, Brown Fox Coffee down in Merle's Inlet. We're going to get some Brown Fox Coffee to give away. I was at a, We were at a dinner this week, and w- they were serving uh, Brown Fox Coffee. So mm-hmm. uh, I'm going to get some. It's uh, toasted coconut. Oh, uh, very, very good. Mm. And uh, so I'm going to get some of that. We're going to be giving some of that away on a future episode of Saturday Morning Coffee. But y'all uh, check out Brown Brown Fox Coffee down on the Marsh Walk okay. in Merle's Inlet. Some of the best coffee you'll well, ever you have. Well, you said coconut. I mean, that's that's right up there with pineapple with me. That's my favorite fruit. So, oh, it I is. Mean. It is really good. We were, and I just I had to uh, 
talked, stopped the party. I said, where did you get this coffee from? Talking to our friend. And she said, oh, it's Brown Fox. And I was like, what, you know, what variety of Brown Fox yeah. coffee is this? This is outstanding stuff. Really good. So I invite you guys to check them out. Let them know you heard about it on Saturday morning coffee. We'd love to have Brown Fox coffee come into the studio and uh, talk coffee with us one more. Yeah. So maybe we'll make that happen. But we do have a special guest joining us here in the studio. This is a historic event. Glenn, this is a dun, special dun, 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 dun. Dun, dun, dun. This is a special episode of Saturday Morning Coffee because I have often thought about having a guest host on the uh, show. We've been thinking about that for a while. And last week we had Savannah Craven as a guest on the program. And Savannah and I were talking this week about uh, we always enjoy having Savannah on the show. And we were talking about uh, maybe doing some guest hosting. So she's here in the studio today to serve as a guest host. She's going to be joining us for the entire program. And we're going to be doing a little uh, roundtable discussion, talking about a lot of stuff. And she's joining us to help us host the show. So welcome. Thank you. Good morning, Reese. I'm so excited for this opportunity. Oh, this is a great thing. We've been, you know, we've been thinking about adding some guest host to the roster for a while. I've had people come in occasionally and, and guest host the show in the past. I was thinking about who had been through uh, this week as we were talking about it. You know, Greg Hembree came in and he's guest hosted. My friend John Bond Sr. has guest hosted from time to time. And by the way, folks, uh, we're going to have some other auditions. So if you would be interested in serving as an occasional guest host for the show, shoot me an email, SMC at gmail.com is the show email address. Shoot me an email. Let me know that you'd be interested in guest hosting. We'll be doing some guest host auditions. So, uh, but I'm invited, excited to have uh, Savannah here on the program with us. You've been a guest several times, and we always love having you on the show. So, welcome. Thank you. You're, you're our first official guest host oh, on the wow. program. I yeah. feel so special. Yeah, you are special. <laughs> Very special. If you don't do well, it'll never happen again. <laughs> <laughs> it'll be a one-off, and that'll be okay. Um, and we invite you guys to join the show as well as always. Call in line for the show is 843-903-2945. You can text your comments to us on the PCRXcomputers.com text line 843-798-8255. That's 843-798-TALK. You can always tweet you your comments to us at the show uh, handle, which is at Reese Boyd. That's Twitter. And then email us. As I said, you can email your comments at ReeseBoydSMC at gmail. Dot com is the email address for Saturday morning coffee, Reese Boyd, SMC at gmail.com. And many of you love to call the office. I talked to a couple of you this week about issues and uh, a couple of you have sent stuff into the office, show items, uh, issue items, things for uh, me to take a look at. I appreciate all those communications. The office line at Davis and Boyd during the week, which is the day job. That number at the main uh, switchboard there is 843 843- Eight three nine ninety eight hundred eight four three eight three nine ninety eight hundred. Write that down. If we can ever do anything for you, let us know. And uh, we've got a great show uh, coming up for y'all uh, today. It's going to be a, a lot of fun. We've of course got Savannah joining us for the show as uh, our uh, first official guest host. We are also going to be joined a little bit later on in the program by Chris Poyat with the Convention of States. Uh, Chris is going to give us an update on what's happening in the General Assembly. The resolution for the Convention of States is moving, and so we are. Uh, happy to hear from Chris this morning. We're also going to be joined here in the studio by our own Bob Keller. Bob has got a story to tell about legislation that actually, uh, funny enough, we have proposed in the General Assembly, and it's moving. So got a great story to tell you about Bob Keller, who is one of the uh, 
staff people, one of the sales people, great sales guy. Here Not at, just one. He's like the greatest sales the, guy ever. He's the greatest sales guy. He ever. is. He don't, keeps this engine running. Let's don't undersell Bob. No. Not, don't not for a second. Bob, yeah. let's, uh, let's make sure we get Bob and, every credit that Bob is due, which is a lot. And I saw the story on the news last night. What story? The story you were just talking about with, that involves Bob's. Oh, the bill. Yeah, yeah, the bill. I don't want to give away your. Oh, good. You know, yeah, we've got a great little. We got a great little bill that is percolating in the General Assembly, and uh, so that's exciting uh, news. So we'll be talking with Bob Keller about the, the Bob Keller South Carolina flag display bill, and that's uh, be coming up in the second hour. We're also going to be be joined, uh, in the second hour by Patty Jane Geller. Patty Jane is with the Heritage Foundation. She's going to be discussing Vladimir Putin, um, crazy man of Russia. And the nuclear threat, what we should know about that and how we should be thinking about that. Uh, so be interested to hear from Patty Jane. That also coming up in the second hour. Finally, in the second hour, we're going to be talking to Ken Richardson. And Ken Richardson, of course, is a candidate for Congress in the 7th District, running to replace Republican Senator, uh, excuse me, Republican Congressman Tom Rice. And uh, Ken is one of the several contestants that are in the O'Ree County, or excuse me, in the 7th District uh, Republican primary uh, in, the, in the race to, uh, to uh, contest uh, Tom Rice's seat. So we'll look forward to hearing from Ken coming up in the second hour of Saturday morning coffee. So we invite you guys to stick around, join us for the show, and uh, just uh, get us uh, on the text line if you are interested. Some of you already checking in. We'll be uh, looking at those and sharing those with you. And of course, uh, as always, you can also join the show by calling in 843-903-2945. lot to talk about here. A lot on to go, man. Big time. I know. A lot to cram in today, buddy. A lot going on. So I invite you guys to stick with us and join the show if you're interested. We'll be right back after these words from our sponsor with more Saturday Morning Coffee. I'm Reese Boyd. That's Savannah Craven. And that's Glenn Dye. Don't leave town. And this is Let's Go Brandon. Savannah Craven. Savannah Craven. Under the tree. Or some sort of thief. Cargo ship stuck at sea. Thanks to DeSantis Claus, we might have gifts under the tree. Let's go, Brandon. Get us. 843-798-TALK. Saturday morning coffee. The Reese Boyd Radio Hour on Talk 94.5. Hi, everybody. It's Reese Boyd, your host for Saturday morning coffee. We're here today talking with Greg Sisson of the Greg Sisson team, EXP Realty. And Greg, the question on everybody's mind these days, what is going on with this real estate market now? We have just come off three straight months of rising single-family home inventory, coupled with three straight months of slightly decreasing home sales. So what that tells us is the beginning of the shift is on. That frenzied market we felt this summer is really over with, and we're at the beginning of a shifting market. So this means if you've been waiting, waiting for this continued run-up in the market, the time to get your property on the market is right now before things change more. Folks, that's great real estate advice from Greg Sisson. Reach Greg and the Greg Sisson team, EXP Realty, at 843-251-2693 or reach them online at gregsisson.com. It's Greg Sisson and the Greg Sisson team, your choice for real estate experts here along the Grand Strand. The Reese Boyd Radio Hour, two full hours on Talk 94.5. Going to places far, so far away, and if there's no 
Good morning, everybody. Welcome back to Saturday Morning Coffee, the Reese Boyd Radio Hour. It is 7.22 on your Saturday morning. Thanks for joining us here on the program. Joined here in the studio, of course, by special guest host, Savannah Craven. Savannah, what's on your uh, what's on your mind this week? What you been up to? Yeah, well, it's been a pretty busy week, you know, just going to work and making content for live action pro-life organization that I just joined. Yeah. Um, and I'm actually thinking about going to the Trump rally today in Florence. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was actually on the agenda. We've got a big Trump rally coming up in uh, Florence. Is it still late? Can you still sign up for tickets? Do you know? Uh, um, I'm not I think, sure. I think it's closed. I think tickets are closed. But he'll be speaking at 7. And, of course, you know, you have to be over there by 3.30. Yeah. Have you wow. got have you got tickets? I do have tickets. Oh yes. good, of course you have tickets. You're Savannah Crave. <laughs> There'll be a lot of depends in the yeah. in the crowd if you gotta wait that long. <laughs> Plus you gotta make it through the through the uh through the speech as well. Oh yeah. I was I was talking to Liz, we were talking about going on Friday and I'm thinking to myself, you know, it's gonna be cold, it's gonna be wet, we're gonna be standing you know, we're gonna be outside for several hours, mm-hmm. but I, I do wanna go. I'm I'm really leaning strongly toward going. So yeah. Yeah, it's uh, we're we're excited about to see what he says. What do you think? Um, what are you looking for Trump to say tonight? What are you What are you expecting to hear, and what are you hoping to hear? I I really like him to talk about where we go from here, and you know, it's not even at this point a Republican or Democrat situation. This is an American situation. We're all Americans. That's like the one thing that we all have in common. And how can we move forward? How is he going to play that part in bringing Americans back together? If he plans on running, I mean, he has basically said that he plans on running. We're in an election year, and so mm-hmm. I think it's really important for him to share the importance of this election and that it could really um, affect how our future goes with the next, you know, two years after this of Biden's presidency. Oh, and how could how could there be a greater uh, contrast between where we are today versus where we are, where we were 18 months ago? Oh, it's like night and day. Isn't it? I mean, and I I still hear people trying to say, you know, this is just, it just goes in waves. Like, this has nothing to do with the presidency. It's like... Just a transition. Right. (laughs) Right. Just a transition period. It's like everything that, you know, Trump said that Biden was going to do, he's doing. Gas prices are going to be almost $7, which they're hitting that. Um, And, you know, our border's wide open. The inflation is insane. Uh, You know, why is orange juice costing almost four? Four dollars, like I, just, you know what I mean? It's crazy. I, I know we. I went to the grocery store last night with my kids just to pick a few things up uh, for dinner, and my kids were like, uh, "Dad, this is a big bill because the number it was crazy. It was just a few things mm. in the in the cart. The bill was over a hundred dollars, and I yeah. and I thought to myself, this bill should be fifty bucks. Mm-hmm. It's not, and it's not my imagination. You know, you're in the grocery business. I used to be. Yeah. It doesn't take yeah. a lot of, or we're in the grocery business. Yeah. It doesn't. It doesn't take a lo- a lot of. Many things don't have to go up. I mean, it's like everything's right. up. Everything. It's, everything. And, and 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 quite honestly, the government just wants to keep throwing money at the problem. Yeah. You know, you know the the money that they've uh, that they want to throw at the south southern border. <laughs> it is not to help keep illegal immigrants out of the country. It's to help process illegal immigrants coming across our border. I mean, they they think that throwing money at everything is going to fix it. We are going broke as a country. We don't have money. That's the problem. we are broke, I would say. That's the problem. We've been throwing money, you know, as Milton Friedman would say, uh, what this administration done, uh, Milton Friedman, my favorite economist, he is, you know, he was a monetarist, and he was the, sort of the lead economist of the Chicago, the monetary school. And he mm-hmm. said, look, monetary policy is simple. 
It's what is it? Uh, money equals price times uh, production. And there, so you can dump money in the economy, but if the, and that's what we've done. We've mm-hmm. printed money by the trillions of dollars. We've mailed it out to people. It's a, as Friedman would have said, we've dumped it out of the back of helicopters. Right. But what we've done is we've mailed it to people. We've paid people not to work. Mm-hmm. And, and we've, we've literally created trillions of currency out of thin air. Yeah. But there's no growth in the economy to back that up. And, and there's a Frieden, Friedman's uh, you know, famous equation for money. Prices will go up by definition. Something has right. to give. You can't have more dollars chasing the same amount of goods and services in an economy. And there aren't more goods and services in the economy to match the new money. And so prices go up. It's, it's basic math. Yeah. And it's sad because, you know, the elites are laughing at us because we still have to pay these prices, right? We still have to get gas to go to work. We still have to buy food for our families. So we're going to pay these prices and they're just going to stay up, right? Mm -hmm. Because, well, you're going to pay it anyway. You have to have it. You've got to buy this for your family. You have to get to work. So that's the evil thing about it is like I see with the Dollar Tree that they're now 125. It's like it's a yeah. Dollar Tree. It's not a Dollar 25 yeah. tree. Like, it's going to be the two yeah. buck tree. And that price is not going to yeah. go down because it's people got to go to the Dollar Tree. Yeah. You know? Well, you know, fast food, you used to have the dollar menu at right. McDonald's and Wendy's and places like <laughs> that. They don't have the dollar yeah, menu. It's like dollar seventy-five yeah. menu. Like it's like that's the two-buck menu, the four-buck <laughs> menu. You yeah. can't you can't buy anything for a yeah. dollar. No. You know, it's it's crazy. Well, re- record record profits the first quarter will be for Target, Walmart, Exxon, Mo- all the all the gas companies and some of the major retailers, Home Depot, Lowe's. They did great through the pandemic. Yeah. And remember, they got to stay open. They got to while stay everybody open. else got shut down, but. Uh, record profits. It just shows that there's so much money in the system. Everybody, every and and supply and demand. You yeah. know, people are able to buy more, which creates less uh, if, on the shelves for you and I. If you have goods and services, you can sell them now, yeah. no problem. Yeah. I mean, that's it's it's definitely a supply problem. It's not a demand problem. There's mm-hmm. plenty of demand out there, and there's plenty. There's too much money to be spent out I'm there. Sure that, my, I'm sure my business benefited during the pandemic with money from the government. Oh, you know, sure. Because yeah. I, I got busier, and, I, yeah. and people had money. They weren't going out. They weren't going on vacation. So they had money to spend on their homes and invest in their homes. But but now, Glenn, and here's the, here's the backside of that, the kicker, the money that you have earned – and, and also, frankly, all the money that you've saved, the money that you've saved, that's why inflation is so pernicious. Because if a dollar that you save when you're 20, you know, will not buy a pack of, of a piece of gum when you retire at 60, it discourages people from saving. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why inflation is, is such an a evil, pernicious tax on the middle class, because it takes what, you know, a little bit of money most people are able able to save. And it devalues it. It's yeah. it's crazy. And so just as an example, you know, one of the things that you were just talking about, um, uh, Savannah, is the, the price of getting to work. When when Biden took office, gas was $2.39 a gallon. That was the national average. Now it's $4.33. And it's going up. Like you said, it's going to be higher. It's yeah. not getting – it's not leveling off. It's continuing to go up. And Biden has blamed uh, COVID. He blamed COVID for gas prices. Oh, but now he, it's he all, blamed the oil companies. Nah, it's all Putin now, now he's, baby. Now he's got Putin yeah. to blame. And he's and, got and, and I think don't you think people are smarter than that? Yeah. I, I, I mean do. we know what the problem is. Right. Exactly. We saw gas was already up a buck before yeah. 
Russia invaded Ukraine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then Jan Saki just keeps pushing this. That girl is like the best liar in the world. Literally. I mean, she has her story and she sticks and, to and it. She's got a straight face when she's lying uh, to Are you, you suggesting that Peppermint Patty would lie? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Are you yeah. suggesting that Peppermint Patty is not the patron saint bit. of truthfulness? <laughs> she is a she is a propagandist extraordinaire. But you people are smarter than that, right? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I'm not missing. Yeah. No, I mean, you put two and two together. I mean, it's the people that are so, you know, gung ho about, you know, I love Biden. I, I don't like Trump and I'm going to support him all the way. You know, I had a woman comment on my page. She's like, I don't care about any of this. I get to stay home and work. I get to stay home and collect things from the government. So I'm going to back Biden. Yeah, yeah. It's like, well, those people are just kind of like, you just can't help that. Like, yeah. there's going to be a few of those. But the real hardworking Americans that are going out every single day trying to provide for themselves, provide for their families, that's who this is really affecting. And it's just going to get worse. Yeah, yeah. So, Savannah, some kinds of stupid you just can't fix. You know? No. And um, yeah. so, and those are the people that should be paying for my gas, by the way. Yeah, you know, Bill Maher was on, and he said, you know, it's worth asking why Putin uh, took action in Ukraine during the Biden presidency and not the Trump presidency. Mm-hmm. And I think people are people are starting to realize that the differences that we see around us, the the not just the the, the downgrade in our quality of life, the economic hardship that we're under, but the danger that we're under. I mean, he has put us in dire straits. It's a dangerous time. Yeah. We have so, nothing but weakness showing yeah. right now. Nothing but weakness. There's no strength. In- I, I think what's happening in Ukraine was a direct response mm-hmm. to the disaster that we displayed in Afghanistan. Yeah, I do too. A Absolutely. display, an absolute display of American weakness. Folks, a lot to talk about here on Saturday Morning Coffee. We're chatting with Savannah Craven, guest host today, and uh, also Glenn Dye. So stick with us. We'll be right back after these words from our sponsors. I'm Reese Boyd. Don't leave town. Saturday morning coffee, the Reese Boyd Radio Hour, and more coming up next on Talk 94.5. Making boating memories has never been easier with the Freedom Boat Club membership. Be sure to stop by and see why Freedom Boat Club is boating made for everyone. This is Karen Berry over at the Freedom Boat Club, bringing you your Weekend Marine Report. Here at the Freedom Boat Club, located in North Myrtle Beach at the Harborgate Marina, we will have a high tide at 4.04 this afternoon, and our next low tide will be at 10.28 p.m. Don't forget to spring ahead this evening as the sun will set at 6.20 and rise in the morning at 6.27. Currently along our beaches from Little River Inlet down to Merle's Inlet and 20 nautical miles out. The winds are out of the southwest at 25 to 30 knots and we've got seas at 6 to 9 feet. There is a small craft advisory in effect. This has been your Weekend Marine Report brought to you by the Freedom Boat Club where the boat is waiting. Saturday morning coffee. The Reese Boyd Radio Hour is now two full hours. Two full hours on Talk ninety four point five. Baby's gone and I don't know why. She let out the smoke. 
a rusty shot in a hollow sky She left me without warning Sooner than the dogs could bark Faster than the sun rose Down to the banks on an old new car She took a flatboat across the shallow Good morning, everybody. Welcome back to Saturday Morning Coffee, the Reese Boyd Radio Hour. Little John Hyatt for you here on Saturday Morning Coffee, 736 on your Saturday morning. And as uh, Dr. Dye said, it is a blustery day outside. We're actually under a gale warning, and that uh, expires uh, actually not until 4 o'clock tomorrow morning. So it's going to be a blustery day here on the Grand Strand. If you go to the Trump rally, if you're headed to the Trump rally, it's going to be chilly tonight, so make sure you bundle up. Are you prepared to stand for a few hours in the uh, in the cold? Yes. Last time I stood for about six hours. Um, so, <laughs> well, the wind chill will be definitely a thing. I mean, later yes. this afternoon we're looking at temperatures out that way about forty five, forty three. Plus the wind chill, it's going to oh, be wow. and thirty five mile an hour winds, and the winds won't die down until later this evening. Wow. Man, you sound you sound just like a, a licensed <laughs> certified meteorologist when yes, you say that. Wow. I'm not a weatherman, but I did stay at a Holiday Inn Express. I stayed at a Holiday Inn Express last night. Well, take your hand warmers because yeah. it's going to be cold, campers. It's going to be yes. cold in Florence, and uh, so we hope uh, it goes well. Hope the rain and everything is totally blown through. And if it is a little chilly, I'm sure it'll still be fun. Rain will blow yes. through by 10 a.m. and then yeah. a, oh, nice. a small possibility of shower later, but not much. Not much. Very good. So we're looking forward to that. And uh, you're hoping, you know, what I hope Trump does tonight is I really hope he draws a stark comparison uh, between the way things were. Mm-hmm. I mean, you don't have to think back very long to think about uh, record high unemployment, uh, excuse me, record high employment, labor participation, uh, minority uh, employment was yes. at an all time record high. We'd and never, women. Yeah, women. women. Yeah, I was going to say. Uh, Hispanic employment. And Everything, uh, economic growth, everything, we were literally, when COVID broke out, some would say intentionally, uh, we were hitting on all cylinders. Things yeah. were great. We had we well, had not had it that good in a long time. Why don't the Democrats see that? Where's the Joe Biden accomplishment list a year later? Yeah, what is, the, what is, what is the Joe Biden accomplishment? Yeah, that's a good now, question. He crushed the virus, Glenn. He crushed the virus. Don't don't More cases short. under him than Trump. Yeah. I'm going to crush the virus. <laughs> So I hope, I hope, and I'm sure he will. I hope Trump can draw all these distinctions. And I would say elections have consequences. Obviously, there's a problem with that statement because this election, you know, many would still question whether the result was the right result, mm-hmm. the accurate, the correct result. Uh, but what I would say is it really does matter who's in charge. And right now we're living under a completely democratic government. And they're destroying this country right before our eyes. Right. And now this, this shows the American people. What does it look like when Democrats have all the power? How do they handle it? Amen. What are the decisions that they make? And it's a disaster. So, so the 2022 <laughs> elections, let's just say we take back the House. We ha- keep the Senate. Does Trump, do you want to see, either one of you want to see Trump run again? Uh, in 2024, or would you rather see a different candidate? Maybe, oh, I don't know, the governor of Florida or something? Yeah. Um, I would like either or. You know, a lot of people 
dislike Trump or they don't really mm-hmm. want necessarily, to necessarily say that they are in agreement with him because of the way that he talks. I honestly love the aggressiveness. I love just him getting straight to the point. But a lot of people, they like to be, you know, talk too nicely. And DeSantis has that very, like, charming, you know, just my best friend talking mm-hmm. to me kind of vibe. Um, but I really love what he's doing with Florida. Um, and so the people of Florida, you know, I understand if you want to keep your governor. Yeah. But uh, I think he would be a great pick. And obviously, you know, he would definitely have my support. I think it would have Trump's support as well yeah. if oh, I think Trump so. chose not to run. Mm-hmm. If if Trump did run, he'd make a great vice president. You know, you know I yeah. think people ask that question, Glenn, and I think I don't really – I do care, right? I could – I'd be satisfied for Trump to come back into office. I think there are problems with that because Trump is, is so divisive. Mm-hmm. I mean he is so divisive, and part of the problem that we are facing is that there's a whole – cadre of people the the swamp the deep state in inside the beltway in dc who literally there is nothing more important to them than depriving that man of power and when he's in the white house it creates a whole new host of problems for this country like him or not i mean that's just a fact but now those people need to go we have to figure out a way to um disempower you know de (laughs) declaw the deep state and and dethrone the administrative bureaucracy that runs so much of this country. And Trump was trying to do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and so Trump may be the one that needs to go back and try it again. Somebody like a DeSantis might be able to fly under the radar as long as somebody supports the America first principles that Trump stood for, fought for, defended and, and, and advanced. As long as we get back to where we were, I'd be OK with DeSantis. You know, yeah. if, if DeSantis decides to run. Mm-hmm. But I really think what's going to happen is Trump's going to run. He is going to he is going to dominate the field, in my opinion. At this, this is kind of my current prediction. And I think somebody like a DeSantis would be a good pick. I think probably DeSantis has probably got to be the front runner. Right. And, and maybe Trump will groom DeSantis over the next four you know, years. And maybe DeSantis will run in the next cycle. I don't know. But yeah. I mean, hmm. as long as we get Biden out. And get Democrats out of power, and I think that's going to start to happen very soon in the midterms. There's going to be a a retrenchment, and the the Democrats are going to be an incredibly shrinking violet. Um, I think we're making the we're we're going in the right direction. Absolutely, but there are people that were secret Trump voters didn't want. Oh yeah, okay. But then there's and I think there's a lot more of them now. There's also the people that said I would pay ten dollars a gallon for gas if Trump wasn't in. If Trump, you know, stayed out of office, and I and this was like. Two year when after the election, right? And and they may get their opportunity to pay ten dollars a gallon for they gas. They may, you know. Let let them I mean, put their money where their and, mouth is. And let's take a look at your four hundred one k. How yeah. is that performing over the past three months? Well, right. And look at look at Stephen Colbert. Stephen Colbert said, "I would gladly pay twenty bucks a gallon or whatever crazy number he said." But you know, Stephen Colbert gets paid millions annually. He gets right. like thirty seven. And he 000. drives an electric car. Yeah, he drives an electric car and he gets like thirty seven thousand dollars a week for his silly job. Now there is an argument that. Most Americans can't afford an electric car, but electric cars are getting more affordable. So I do see there will be a trend, but it is a transitionary trend. It can't be crammed down your throat. And we still need oil and natural gas in order to get to that point. Yeah, you don't fix yeah, things by just putting a bandit on it. Oh, well, you don't like the prices? We'll get an electric car. Like, we're not going to buy, no. we're not gonna buy <laughs> Russian oil anymore, but we're going to fund Iran, we're gonna go to Venezuela, Venezuela yeah, yeah. We're go all these fund other Venezuela. Yeah. Well, and there's something, there, there's something, there are many things fundamentally disingenuous about where we are, Glenn. They talk about uh, 
emission neutral. They want to get to a, a you know, okay, Pete, That'd be Pete great Booty someday. Gig, Mayor, Mayor, Mayor Booty Gig wants to <laughs> be emissions neutral. If they were truly committed to that uh, goal, they would, as you said, they'd be embracing natural gas. Uh, they would be embracing nuclear. There's a whole strategy that's available to them that they're completely ignoring. They're not talking about nuclear power. They're not doing anything for nuclear. And, and frankly, it's the most emissions neutral uh, way to generate power that there is. Yeah. And, and we've there are no emissions. We've got an abundance of oil only in Alaska. Let's just open up Alaska and then let's finish the pipeline so that we can get our oil from our neighbors in Canada, which are friendly to us. If he would just open up Anwar. Yeah. That's all he needs to yeah. do. But they've done all these things that have directly harmed the national security, the independent energy security of the United States, and directly hit people in their pocketbooks. And yet he he wants to come stand before you and have Peppermint Patty blame Putin for all the problems that we're having. I mean, it's crazy. It's insane. And it's it's not just it's not just intellectually dishonest. It's not just propaganda, which it is. But it's just it's evil. It, yeah, it's really is. evil. And so. We'll see what happens, but I think uh, I think Trump needs to set the stage very clearly, and I know he will. He's he doesn't, you know, not, he's not one to mince words. I um, I hope that uh, the the speech tonight is is solid, and I and I, but I do hope he mitigates some of the things that ha- or tries to mitigate some of the things that have alienated people. I just I hope he doesn't throw salt in the wounds of the people that want to hate him. Yes, uh, because, you know, often Trump likes to make jokes. You know, we like to make fun of liberals here and there, but people are going, that's sort of going to turn some people off that are sort of on the fence. And so I really hope that Trump comes with a loving attitude toward all Americans and not just his supporters saying, this is what what we need to do and this is why you need to consider voting conservative um, this next time around. Yeah. So we'll see. I'm optimistic. I hope it's a great night. And I'm excited to hear from, uh, you know, uh, Russell Fry and uh, Katie Arrington and, and the other folks who will be speaking. A lot of folks will be on the dais uh, this evening. So looking forward to that. And I'll be interested to talk about it next week after we uh, hear what he has to say tonight. Now, there's another thing that you were um, talking about um, last with us last week. We were talking about uh, Katanji Brown Jackson. So I want to ask you a few questions about that. So, yeah, Absolutely. Uh, So we'll talk about that when we get back. The Supreme Court nominee coming up for uh, hearings here this month. Then then, uh, we'll see how that goes. But it's Saturday morning coffee, and we're here with Savannah Craven. And that's Glenn Dye. I'm Reese Boyd. Don't leave town. We'll be right back after these words from our sponsors. Hopefully. The lights just flickered. No, dear. (laughs) We'll be back. (laughs) Spring that love remember When that sweet brown girl Black as a Saturday morning coffee. Call the show at 843-903-2945. The Reese Boyd Radio Hour returns after these on Talk 94.5. Hi, everybody. It's Reese Boyd, your host for Saturday Morning Coffee, and we're here today talking with Scott Pyle of Pyle Financial Services. Reese, Pamela and I have always cherished that we get to live on the coast of South Carolina. What a privilege it is to serve our friends and neighbors along the Grand Strand and beyond with clients in 27 states. And just this year, Pile Financial Services was recognized as the number one company in the country with our broker-dealer out of Dallas, Texas. 
As we look to celebrate and ring in the new year, now is the time to review your financial relationships. 2022 could be a year of much volatility with elections, midterms, and potential tax law changes. If you don't have an advisor you trust, call Pile Financial Services at 843-945-4480 or find them online at pilefinancialservices.com. It's Pile Financial Services, aligning wealth with purpose. Saturday morning coffee, the Reese Boyd Radio Hour on Talk 94.5. everybody welcome back to saturday morning coffee the reese boyd radio hour 750 on your saturday morning saturday march the 12th thanks for sticking with us here on the program a little more john hyatt for you on saturday morning coffee gone like my last paycheck if you've been to the grocery store your last paycheck is gone unbelievable but true it's uh, hard to make ends meet these days the way prices are going up and we were talking about that spend a little bit more time talking about it a little later in the program but right now we are joined here in the studio by our good friend chris poyat chris is a coastal regional director with the convention of states project i know you guys don't do titles really but that's technically your title but you've been <laughs> on the sh- you've been on the show before but you've never been here in the studio so no, welcome, this is welcome the, to the studio well thank you very much this is pretty cool yeah so we've been following the convention of states effort i've uh, you know i i have come to the conclusion that the convention of states is something that we need there are you know a few detractors out there who would tell you it's something problematic or unwise but we've been slowly but surely making progress convention of states of course is an effort to reconvene a a convention of states a constitutional convention to discuss amendments to the constitution so we've had some news in south carolina this week what's what's going on yeah this week in south carolina we uh passed the senate with a vote of 27 to 13 so that was our last hurdle in south carolina so we're tickled pink so but the governor has still got to sign the resolution Yes, we we have to sign that. He will sign the resolution, I'm pretty sure. Um, but it's technicality, I think, at this point. Um, yeah. I, I don't think he's ever expressed interest that he's against it. And he has expressed uh, statements that the federal government is kind of out of whack. So we're kind of expecting him and hoping that he will. Yeah, because I was wondering, after you and I spoke, Chris, it occurred to me, I, I don't recall, I don't, and I didn't have time to look it up, but because, you know, constitutional conventions in the Constitution are called by the legislatures. That's correct. In and, fact, and, and, I think South Carolina is the only state that needs a, a governor's signature really? according to the South Carolina Constitution. I was wondering about that. Okay. I did not get a chance. And so, yeah, that's a state constitutional it's, provision, and I did not get a chance to look that up. So it does require the governor's signature. That, so they tell us. Wow. That's interesting. Yeah. So Because a lot of states, because in the Constitution— they specifically delegate that authority to the legislatures of the states. Yes. And, and I think it's important to remember, uh, Chris, that 
the states created the federal government. They voluntarily created a federal union. And if you voluntarily create something, implicit in that is that you're the boss of that thing, right? Yes. You're you're the boss of that thing, and you can uncreate it if you theoretically wanted to uncreate it. I'm not suggesting anybody wants to uncreate the federal union, but the hierarchy of federalism, we always assume it's federal, state, local. But in reality, it's the states where the initial legal sovereignty existed, and it was the states who voluntarily created the federal union. Yes, so. and the and the brilliance of the founding fathers is that uh, they established series of checks and balances. The Constitution is not the land of the governed; it's or the law of the governed. It's the law for those who govern. It's the laws that that constrain the federal government in the first place. So the checks and balances that we have between the three different departments of of uh, the federal government are also then balanced by the states. And if the federal government was getting power through amendments and changing their power, then the states had the opportunity to also get the same power back through their opportunities to have amendments. Yeah, I, I think the great thing... In- a convention would not have been like, oh, let's go out and have a constitutional convention. And you hear, you know, uh, claims of, oh, it'll be a runaway convention. People should remember that the constitutional uh, convention process is built into the Constitution. As it, this is not something new. No, it's not. Um, and and the laws that that govern this um, convention when it occurs are historically established in fact. So and and, and, and every the founders, state the founders created that at yes, the beginning. It's not, well, through their process, yeah. through them going through the Articles of Confederation and and then the United States Constitution, and as every state has then uh, uh, ratified those. Uh, two documents, we actually have a policy and a procedure that needs to be followed. Yeah. There's basically two ways to amend the Constitution. And, of course, we only have 28 amendments, and we've been at, and we got 10 right at the very beginning. 27. I'm sorry, 27. Correct. Thank you. And so we got uh, 10 right at the beginning with the Bill of Rights, which obviously, so effectively, we've only had 17 amendments since the founding of the country. And the founders gave us two ways. Congress can produce a uh, proposed amendment, which is then uh, passed by the adopted by the states. But it also allows the states directly to uh, adopt amendments. And and frankly, Congress has been the, the bottleneck. Congress is the gatekeeper. And Congress has been hesitant because Congress is a federal entity. In my opinion, Congress has been hesitant to, to return power to the states. Oh, absolutely. Uh, They lost a lot of power. The states lost a lot of their sovereignty and power through uh, Supreme Court decisions, which has has, uh, stripped the states of the power. But the federal government's not about to give it up. The process for both, whether it's through Congress or whether it's through the states, is exactly the same. You would need um, two-thirds of Congress, both houses, to approve um, an uh, amendment and then it gets sent back to the states. We need two thirds of the states to approve this resolution for the convention. So it's exactly the same. The numbers are the same, whether it comes from the state or whether it comes from the Congress. Um, from my personal opinion, I'd rather trust my state yeah. to come up with an amendment than Congress. You got any questions, Savannah? I agree. This has been like great listening. Yeah, I just, yeah, <laughs> I just love listening. You know, wh- um, one of the things that I think 
and it, I really do think it's it really important at this stage in history because, as you said, Chris, the, the Supreme Court has really carved away at state autonomy and state power in the federal system over the last hundred years, and it really is important for the states to reassert themselves. And there's a few things that we really need. I, I, I wouldn't, like I said, have rushed out to have a convention, but we really need term limits. We need a balanced budget amendment. We need some legis- comprehensive legislative reform. There are things that we need that I don't think we'll ever get unless we go to convention. No, it's, it's, Congress is not about to term limit itself or, or there, you can't stop a teenager from spending if you give them a free credit card, and Congress is pretty much in that position. So, you know, if the states don't do it. The one, the one thing is we don't really want a balanced budget, though. We want controlled spending because yeah. a balanced budget, they're going to send the money back, unfunded mandates back to the states, and then we're kind of nailed here in the states with our taxes going up. Well, I feel like we have to do something to get spending under control. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if folks want to follow the Convention of States project, uh, Chris, how can they do that? They can go online to www.conventionofstates.com, and there are pages and pages of information about the process, about helping, and um, they can volunteer and get in touch with their state leadership. We'd love to have more people. Well, Chris, we uh, thank you for all y'all are doing. Thank you for your hard work. It's always fun talking to you. And uh, keep us up to date. Come back on the show anytime. Thank you so much for having me. I, I'm pleased to be here, and I'll be back. All right, very okay. good. With good news, I hope, folks. It's Chris Boyette, the Convention of States. And we'll be right back after these words from our sponsors with more Saturday morning coffee. Stick around. Conway Ford and the Horry County Animal Care Center are joining forces again to help pets find a forever home. Come to Conway Ford on Saturday, April 16th for our Conway Ford Cares Adopt-A-Pet event from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. Just bring a leash because all animals will be ready to take home that day. All animals are vaccinated, microchipped, and already spayed or neutered. To make it even better, Conway Ford will be paying all adoption fees. Hope to see you at Conway Ford on April 16th for our Conway Ford Cares Adopt-A-Pet event. Mark Nash here from the Mark Nash Insurance Agency. One of the major concerns I'm seeing in the insurance marketplace is the understated values of homeowners' insurance policies. Since the pandemic started, we have had at least a 30% increase in building material costs, and with the red-hot demand for homes in our area, contractors may be charging a little more for construction. If you haven't reviewed your dwelling coverage value on your homeowner's policy lately, please feel free to call me at 843-347-NASH or check us out online at marknashinsurance.com. This is 94.5 WTKN. Merle's Inlet, Myrtle Beach. The Liz You're listening to the Reese Boyd Radio Hour. Saturday morning coffee on Talk 94.5. You sure got to climb a lot of steps to get to this Capitol building here in Washington. Well, I wonder who that sad little scrap of paper is. I'm just a bill. Yes, I'm only a bill. And I'm sitting here on Capitol Hill. Well, it's a long, long journey to the capital city. It's a long, long wait while I'm sitting in committee. But I know I'll be a law someday, at least I hope and pray that I will. But today I am still just a bill. Gee, Bill, you certainly have a lot of patience and courage. Well, I got this far. When I started, I wasn't even a bill. I was just an idea. 
some folks back home decided they wanted a law passed, so they called their local congressman, and he said, you're right, there ought to be a law. Then he sat down and rode me out. Good morning, everybody. Welcome back to Saturday Morning Coffee, the Reese Boyd Radio Hour. That, of course, Schoolhouse Rock. I'm just a Bill, something that many of you grew up listening to on Saturday morning. Or after school. Or after school, yeah. it was. And how many of you, when it came time to learn the Constitution in... High school, mm-hmm. the preamble to the Constitution yep. would sing the song. <laughs> yes. We the people in order to form a more. Um, yeah, that's uh, Schoolhouse Rock. And we're going to have He's a little. going to be on the next video, isn't he? Yeah, I'm, <laughs> gonna be, I'm, gonna be in, I'm in Savannah's next video. You don't yes, know that. We, Savannah we're shooting it. We're shooting it now. We're shooting it now. Um, so we're going to have a little. Guy. We're going to have a little civics lesson for y'all here on Saturday morning coffee because uh, uh, here uh, lately I've been involved with our own Bob Keller. Bob's going to be joining us here momentarily. Bob's not quite in the studio yet, but uh, he's going to be talking about a bill that we have been advancing in the General Assembly. And uh, there he is. He's walking in the uh, show in the show right now. So he's here for uh, his. Uh, 15 minutes of fame. Saddle up, Bob. Welcome to the program. And uh, we're talking about a bill that, uh, you know, you actually contacted me about mm, 2020, I think, is when is when this little uh, episode started. Uh, you were living in, a, in an HOA. You know, one of the things I, I think I find ironic is that people move here to South Carolina, a, a, red, a deep red state, from all these deep blue states. And they sign up for these HOAs where it's like it's like living under Soviet the, under the Soviet thumb. What's up with that? Good morning. Good morning. Uh, yeah, by the way, it is crazy. You yeah. know, I mean, we come down and we expect that easygoing lifestyle, and the first thing we run into is a legal document tells you about all the things you can't do it in, in a community you're moving into. Yeah, yeah, it's insane. And and, you, and of course, for those of you, that is the smooth mellifluous voice of Bob Keller. Bob is our you. What's your title with the station? I'm a sales manager here at the right. station. You're the sales manager. You're yeah. senior. Se- senior sales manager extraordinaire. Yeah. And I don't so know about that. If you want to, if you want to become a sponsor, hypothetically, of Saturday Morning Coffee or any other program here on the station, you can contact Bob Keller. Why don't you give him your phone number, Bob? Take a moment. Uh, my phone number is two zero three eight three seven seven two one five, and uh, I'd encourage uh, any of the business owners that are listening in the area because. Uh, Reese and Glenn do a great job here. Uh, it's really a great community service that they offer. Very educational, and I think that would uh, bode well for a lot of businesses that are interested in reaching out to the same audience. I, I will say this, and I did, this is not the purpose of the segment, but the people <laughs> who have sponsored the show uh, really love it because our listeners are very loyal. And they do call the people. I mean, I, one of our sponsors, he called me. He said, dude, I got a contract this week. I'm covered for the year. You don't have to worry about me. You're good. And so, um, so yeah, I think people are really loyal. They appreciate what we do here, yeah, what we, you do here. Oh, yeah, thank you. And, and uh, we've got a bunch of testimonials on our website to kind of from business owners to talk about the success they've had in, in partnering with you. And so, like I said, I, I would encourage anybody to just give us a call, and uh, we'll have a conversation about helping your business. We're like the NASCAR of radio. I mean, if you want to yeah. get your name put on Reese Boyd's hood, then, you know, it's, I a, will. it's a great annual For the right uh, price, uh, I will put your name <laughs> On my hood. Yes, I will. You will see me driving around town. That's Saturday. That's a Saturday morning coffee van. That's I, I my name. I, I yeah. think I heard my dad fall over. He's like, Glenn's involved with something that's educational. You know? <laughs> so, so Bob, let's talk about your situation because it's a great story, by the way. And I heard we got some press. I haven't seen it. I think we got some press. Yeah. Uh, we're going to be getting some more press. I've talked to a couple of reporters. But I think in December 2020, you started getting some nasty grams from your HOA. 
So what was that all about? Well, we, like I said, we moved here in uh, 2018, and it's one of these things you don't know what you don't know kind of thing. And I decided I was going to first put up the American flag. Mm-hmm. And I was told that I had to get permission to put the American flag up. Um, not to put the flag up, but put the pole up yeah. to carry the flag, right? Mm-hmm. So I, I went through that, paid $25, and you know, kind of went on my merry way. And then I said, well, how come you know, now I'm down here in South Carolina? Why aren't I flying the South Carolina flag? So I just put the South Carolina flag up below the American flag. Yep. Well, wouldn't you know, one of our HOA Nazis, I hope I can say that. You can say that. Okay. Um, must have reported me, took a picture of it, unbeknownst to me, sent it into the HOA management company, and I get a $50 violation letter from the HOA saying that you cannot fly the South Carolina flag. Um, and I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, are, really? Are you for real? Wow. Yeah. Are you, are you for real, Charlie Brown? Is that what we've come to in the United States of yeah, America? Yeah, it's... it's and it never even got into my field of vision that that would ever be an issue. Mm-hmm. So um, I kind of gave him a little bit of a bad time because I just didn't think it made sense. Yeah. Um, and then I think after that, well, I did take it down because, you know, I want to be a good little doobie, you know. Um, I paid my $50. And uh, then I came and so you actually you. you actually paid a fine yeah. for flying the South Carolina state flag. I mean, we're not talking about anything radical here. We're talking about. <laughs> it is the legitimate South Carolina flag. There's yeah. nothing derogatory. It's it's a, it's a, it's a tree and a, and a moon. And a right. and, yeah, wow. It's not a moon. It's a crescent. It's a crescent. It's a crescent. Yeah. And um, so that was the end of it. And then I think you and I just happened to be getting together, like I said, probably a couple of years ago. And we were having a conversation. I brought it up to you. And I think you were kind of dumbfounded by it as well. Well, somebody... you actually called the law firm. You said, oh, that's I, true. Yeah. Good you point. Wanted, and so we started negotiating with your HOA. And they were, frankly, completely intransigent about the whole thing. Yeah. They're very, you know, again, I'm not used to this, but my impression of HOAs is they, in in many instances, they're very punitive. You know, it's like the father talking or the mother talking to the kid. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? They they don't want to hear what you have to say. Just do whatever I tell you to do. Well, and a lot of the heads of the HOAs have come from up north, and they're used to ordering people when pointing and telling Mm -hmm. them what to do. Yeah. I don't know if you've ever seen that Geico commercial where, you know, they cut down the flowers and they knock down the mailbox. Oh, yeah. And, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's like, kind of like that. <laughs> it really is. It really is. God forbid, you know, you'd work with somebody and, you know, educate them and have a conversation. And at the firm at, at Davis and Boyd, we do a fair amount of HO work. We do quite a bit of it, actually. And we, we represent some HOAs. Uh, Bob, as you know, but we also represent a lot of homeowners who have gotten sideways with their HOA. And a lot of times it's something that starts over something completely trivial. Mm-hmm. Like the, the trash can is supposed to be in by 5 p.m. inside your garage with the garage door closed. And somebody walks through the neighborhood chalking tires, taking photos at 5.02 p.m. <laughs> and they take a picture of your trash can sitting outside because you got caught in traffic and you're running late getting home. And it starts with a $25 fine. And you think, well, I'm not paying a fine for that. And, <laughs> yeah. and what you realize is you're on the – you may be right to be, you know, uh, that – to be a reaction, but you're actually on the wrong side of it legally. Right. They can, they can do that right. if they want to do yeah. that. Yeah. I mean, yeah. they really – from a layman's perspective, they really have all the power. You really virtually have no say. Well, but a lot of people don't review their HOA paperwork before they buy their home, and then they find out they exactly. just moved into – And there was a guy that – We've known in our past mm-hmm. that has a terrible relationship with his HOA, and he, and, and they hate each other. Yeah, my HOA loves me because I take care of my place. I do what I'm supposed to do. Well, and, and let's be clear, every HOA is different, right. and the management right. companies are different. Right. And, I, and when we counsel HOAs, I always tell people, look, you may be 
walking the neighborhood this week, snapping photos, chalking tires, <laughs> talking the big talk, you know, being the HOA Nazi. But you're not going to be on the board forever. Mm-mm. And two years from now, three years from now, five years from now, at some point, you're going to be on the receiving end of all this yep. hyper-aggressive governmental behavior. And you should – the golden rule applies. Yeah. You should treat your neighbor – as you would like to be treated. Exactly. Yeah. I vote for Bob for the president of his HOA. Bob Keller for <laughs> no, no, president. No. <laughs> I'm a deplorable. That was so, not work. Uh, you would be great. So, Bob, you are perfect because what people who – the people we need in leadership at the HOA are people – yes, there are times when violations need to be prosecuted. There are times when people need to be fined because we're human. We make mistakes. But we also – most of us understand inherently – that we all need a good helping of grace every day. Exactly. And, and, yeah. and if we're legalistic about everything, yeah. life is going to suck. Yeah. Well, and, and yeah. I've, I've had words, you know, via email with, you know, some of the members. And I said, look, you were selected to serve the community and help the people sometimes mm-hmm. in the community that can't help themselves. Yep. So it's an honor to be, you know, to serve. It's not a prestige thing. It's not a, a power thing. Right. Don't get on the board to just start, like, terrorizing your neighbors uh, yeah. and trip over every little thing. It's like we're all a community. Let's ding, like, ding. coexist, yeah. Yeah. you so know. True. And if so there true. is a serious but, violation, uh, obviously, you know. Go with so, that. Am I going to be able to put up a flagpole without getting permission from my HOA through yeah. this bill? So we fought back. Yeah. Bob, Bob called his favorite lawyer. We started <laughs> dealing with the HOA. We got, frankly, nowhere. nowhere. We, we exchanged some correspondence with him. So I call my good friend, Representative William Bailey, and William Bailey introduced in the House H3537. It didn't really do much for a while, right? but then a couple of months ago, we started getting traction. We got it to committee. It went through subcommittee. Now we're out of committee. And just this past week, we passed the full house. That's terrific. So we made the crossover date. Yeah. Ding, ding. So (laughs) H3537, thanks to the very hard work. And let's give him a huge shout out. William Bailey. Oh, yeah. What a a great American. I I met him briefly here. I mean, just a a really great grounded gentleman that really is focused on helping the community. And this bill clarifies, Glenn. And and I made the point to the the committee. I said, look, the, the, the ability to fly the U.S. code, excuse me, the U.S. flag, is already protected by federal law. U.S. code protects your ability as a private homeowner to fly the U.S. flag, as it should, right. frankly. Right. Yep. This, and I said the South Carolina code should do the same thing for the South Carolina flag. Absolutely. I mean, it, to me, it's a no-brainer. And I, I also have to thank you, Reese. I'm sitting three feet away from you. But, I mean, I'm a novice to this. I've never been in politics. You know, I don't know anything about it. The fact that you were able to help us and shepherd this all the way through working with Representative Bailey, I think, just speaks volumes to the way you feel about the community and also helping people. Yeah. You know, I don't want to come off the wrong way to you here, you know. It has been been a lot of fun. It has been a true – because it really is – we played – I don't know if you caught it, but we played I'm Just a Bill on the way into the segment. And it really is one of those moments where we came up with an idea and we're getting a bill. So I want to encourage everybody to contact your senator. Tell them to get on board with H3537. It protects your right as a homeowner to fly the South Carolina state flag and I think we're gonna I think we're gonna get to the governor I think we're gonna be up there for a signing and I think it's gonna be fun yeah I, I'm looking forward to it I mean it, it kind of renews your sense that the government really does work for you yeah. Yeah. and that can things can happen you know you can make things That's happen amazing. the uh, Bob Keller homeowner flag freedom Act. What do, you, <laughs> yes. what, what do you think about that I, I love like it that. if there's we're gonna have a party I want to be there okay. you'll be there yeah you'll be invited and you're the homeowner so the law should lean more towards you because you own the property not the HOA what a yeah. novel yeah. thought yeah, really. wow. send that boy to law school <laughs> 
Yeah. Weatherman, lawyer. Weatherman, lawyer extraordinaire, Dr. Glenn Dye. So full, full disclosure, I'm trying to uh, convince uh, Reese to get out there and uh, start uh, working with some uh, more HOAs and manage it because, you know, I think he has the right perspective to be an HOA kind of leader. But if you does will. he have the time? Yeah, yeah that's true. A man, a man with many hats. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if there were 48 hours in the day, I'd be golden. Dude. Would be golden. <laughs> I hear you. I hear you. Bob, any final thoughts? No. Um, you know, I got some other ideas to work with you down the road, too. Yeah. Give him that cell number one more time. 203. So this is how you get in touch with Bob Keller, great American, salesman extraordinaire, and he can hook you up. What's that number? 203-837-7215. And I'd love to have a conversation with yeah, you. Yeah, and if you, wanna, if you want to show, you can get on Glendie Radio through Bob. Absolutely. There you go. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. See, all the, all the symbiosis going on here is just phenomenal. It's a great collaboration. Great, great <laughs> collaboration. <laughs> Folks, it's uh, Saturday Morning Coffee. That's Bob Keller. This is Savannah Craven. That's Glendie. I'm Reese Boyd, and we'll be right back back after these words from our sponsors with more Saturday morning coffee don't leave town but today I am still just a bill he signed your bill now you're a law oh yes local news and more the Reese Boyd radio hour is now two full hours more Reese means more coffee coming up next on Talk 94.5. Hi, everybody. It's Reese Boyd, your host for Saturday Morning Coffee, and we're here talking with Scott Pyle of Pyle Financial Services. Scott, why would folks be well served to contact Pyle Financial Services if they need assistance with their financial planning? Reese, wrapping your wealth around your purpose is not just a slogan. It is the heart and soul of our firm. And how we do that is getting to know you and making sure you know your purpose. Then our keep more strategy is deployed. We want you to keep more so you can spend more and then you can give more and then one day you can leave more. And just this year, Pile Financial Services was recognized as the number one company in the country with our broker dealer out of Dallas, Texas. It's Pile Financial Services. Reach them anytime at 843-945-4480 or find them online at pilefinancialservices.com. It's Pile Financial Services, aligning wealth with purpose. Conway Ford and the Horry County Animal Care Center are joining forces again to help pets find a forever home. Come to Conway Ford on Saturday, April 16th for our Conway Ford Cares Adopt-A-Pet event from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. Just bring a leash because all animals will be ready to take home that day. All animals are vaccinated, microchipped, and already spayed or neutered. To make it even better, Conway Ford will be paying all adoption fees. Hope to see you at Conway Ford on April 16th for our Conway Ford Cares Adopt-A-Pet event. Hi, everybody. It's Reese Boyd, your host for Saturday Morning Coffee. We're here today talking with Greg Sisson of the Greg Sisson Team, EXP Realty. And, Greg, if you represent a seller in this market, how do you help them determine what the right listing price is in a market such as this? To determine the right listing price today, you have to look at the current pendings that are comparable. We don't even need to look at the closed sales because that's in the past. In an upward-trending market that's going up this quickly, we look at homes that are on the market that are for sale or have just gone pending, and that's what we're basing our pricing on, but you have to be careful not to overprice. When the home is on the market for more than 25 to 30 days, people start wondering what's wrong. So you got to be careful not to overprice it. Folks, that's great real estate advice from Greg Sisson. Reach Greg and the Greg Sisson team EXP Realty at 843-251-2693 or reach them online at gregsisson.com. It's Greg Sisson and the Greg Sisson team, your choice for real estate experts here along the Grand Strand. 
Thanks for waking up with Saturday Morning Coffee, the Reese Boyd Radio Hour on Talk everybody welcome back to saturday morning coffee the reese boyd radio hour 825 on your saturday morning thanks for sticking in with us here on the bonus second cup hour of saturday morning coffee hope that second cup is treating you well so savannah what do you think about the uh, homeowner flag freedom act oh my gosh i think it's wonderful i mean you live in your state you represent your state you vote for your state so you should be able to fly your state flag you should be able to be proud of your state i mean it's we're not this is not controversial this should not be this is especially an american flag i mean people look at that as like a symbol of like the republican party it's like that's something that all americans can agree on it represents everyone so well and you know that's an example because as when bob called our office and we researched it the federal code protects the ability to fly the U.S. Yeah. flag, but it doesn't mention state flags. And again, I think there's there, there's just so many little biases that are built into the federal system where the states just need to stand back up and say, hey, we're the boss here. You know, we, right. we appreciate the federal government. We're so thankful that we're all united and we're so much more powerful. You know, e pluribus unum. We're so much more powerful where the 50 are one. But at the end of the day, the states are still the boss. The states yep. are the source of legal sovereignty, not the federal government. Exactly. So, so you can put it on your home, but if you want to put like a flagpole out in the yard, you still got to get some approval from your HOA. Well, the flagpole. statute, the statute as drafted, thirty thirty five thirty seven, protects your ability to install a a a, a pra- not. I mean, we're not talking about auto dealership commercial, <laughs> you know, three hundred, you know, camping world, you know, kind of right. American flag that's uh, bigger than a football field, like the ones on ninety five yeah, yeah, in yeah, Southern yeah. Virginia. Yeah, we're those. not we're not talking about Huge. that. No. We're talking about a residential flagpole. You know, re, you know, reasonable and appropriate right. for mm-hmm. residential use. But yeah, protects your right to install a flagpole and fly the South Carolina flag. It also also protects uh, the U.S. flag, but that's already protected. Right. The U.S. flag is already protected by the federal code. But we're just fixing it. We're, we're bringing it to into balance in the state code. Yeah. And by the way, there were two representatives. Um, uh, uh, Vic Dabney and McCase. I said, why, why would you vote against this? Uh, when, because it came up for a roll call vote this week, and I, I called a buddy of mine. He said, well, you know, Dabney just loves HOAs. I'm like, oh, my gosh, are you kidding me? I mean, so, but anyway, nonetheless, we passed. There were two votes opposed in the House, and everything else was green or either not present. A lot of, a lot of yes votes, so I'm confident that we will get through the Senate and that the Bob Keller uh, Homeowner Flag Freedom Act of 2022 will in fact become law so yes yeah and i want to thank bob what a great american i mean literally american trust me we throw that word around but literally he is a great american uh right now folks we're talking to another great american we are joined here on the show uh by our good friend from the heritage institute heritage organization heritage foundation rather excuse me patty jane geller and she is the author of a recent piece that I actually caught on Microsoft News. You know, one of the things that we've been talking about on the show is just how dangerous this situation in Ukraine is. 
Um, I got very nervous when I realized that Putin had moved his family to a nuclear bunker. I thought to myself, goodness gracious, that doesn't sound good. And then I read this piece by uh, Miss Geller, Patty Jane Geller, on MSN. It said, most Americans view nuclear weapons as a relic of the Cold War. President Ronald Reagan and Soviet leader Mikhail Gorbachev agreed in 1985 that a nuclear war can never be won and must never be fought. How how basic uh, can you get in terms of truth? Um, and that's absolute truth. The thinking has remained a given for the last 37 years. But unfortunately, Russian President Vladimir Putin may have other ideas. And I think it's important to, you know, some, some people say Putin is crazy. Some people say he's crazy like a fox. But it's, a, it's an important discussion because I think that we're in a more dangerous time than we've ever been in. So I invited Miss Geller. She joins us here on the show. Thank you for uh, sharing your time, your Saturday morning with us, Patty Jane. Welcome to the program. Yeah, thanks so much for having me on. Excited to talk about this important, dangerous subject. Yeah, so what, I mean, I know what prompted the article, but just share people what really, what, what, it, what is your sense of where is Putin's head? What does he think by, I mean, he's, I mean, first of all, let's talk about some of the things that he's done by uh, mm-hmm. mobile, by raising uh, Soviet or not Soviet Russian nuclear alerts. What's what's you know, what's what's he done that's triggered all these 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 things that you've written and other people have written? Yeah, sure. So I've been uh, watching uh, President Putin and Russian nuclear doctrine for a while. And everything that he's doing um, actually fits right in with Russian nuclear strategy and doctrine. So, you know, you mentioned that uh, Americans tend to view nuclear war as, as a relic of the Cold War. We'll never use nuclear weapons. It's only for deterrence. Uh, but it's actually uh, enshrined in Russian strategy that Russia reserves the right uh, to use nuclear weapons in a conventional conflict if it feels like it's losing in order to compel the enemy to back down. Uh, and to back up this strategy, Russia has the capabilities for it. Um, while the United States and Russia, we have a rough parity when it comes to strategic weapons that can strike each other's homelands. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's a category called tactical nuclear weapons that are uh, lower in yield, shorter in range, meant for use on the battlefield. Uh, and Russia outnumbers the U.S. in this category by at least 10 to 1. Uh, they have over 2,000 of these nuclear weapons that they can deploy on uh, the sorts of equipment that they're using in Ukraine, artillery, rockets, mortars, short-range short-range missiles, um, you name it, they can put nuclear weapons on it, pretty much. Go ahead. I didn't mean to interrupt you. I was going to continue and say, so this is where the the situation gets concerning. You know, like you said, we saw Putin order his nuclear forces to go on alert. Uh, So according to the Pentagon, we haven't actually seen uh, big changes. Um, But still, Putin, the day before he invaded, um, personally oversaw nuclear exercises. And we can tell that he is ready to use his, his nuclear deterrent to flex his nuclear muscles, what I've been saying. Wow. And but when you say um, we reserve the right to use nuclear weapons in a conventional conflict, isn't that sort of a contradiction in terms? I mean, when you use nuclear weapons, we're no longer talking about a conventional conflict, right? Yeah. Right. That's, that's a good point. He, Yeah, he thinks that nuclear weapons can be used, you know, in a battlefield war just kind of like any other... Uh, missile or rocket or a uh, bomb that he's using already and that's that's not how we view nuclear weapons because yeah. they're not any regular weapon even the lowest yield weapon with the smallest explosive power uh, would still cause severe damage um you know the 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 nuclear bomb that the united states dropped on uh japan that destroyed two cities right 
that size bomb could be considered low yield in um, President Putin in Russia's eyes. And we know what that did. Yeah. And and so what I guess the sixty four thousand dollar question, Patty Jane, is just do you think you're the expert subject matter expert on this for sure? You've been studying this issue for a while. Do you think that Putin really believes this or is he just sort of does he want us to think he's crazy? What's what's his what's his thought? What's his end game, in your opinion? Well, we know we know his goals uh, are to he wants to take back Ukraine. He is upset that uh, the, upset over the dissolution of the Soviet Union after the Cold War. And I think he, he really does want to restore his empire. He's been talking about this for a long time. Uh, you know, will he actually use nuclear weapons? I mean, I think his his nuclear saber rattling does appear to be rational because it aligns with Russia's strategy. Um, but then at the same time, he, he also knows that using nuclear weapons would break the 75-year taboo that we've had against nuclear use. And surely the world would unite to completely isolate Putin from even more than we already have. And, and something else that also... Vladimir Putin wants us to be respected as one of the greatest world powers. Yeah. So I'm hopeful at least that he'll he won't escalate this too far. At worried of uh, him losing his prestige or his rule, but um, you know he also doesn't want to go home to his people and say, "Sorry, we lost this one." Yeah, I, I really have a hard time figuring out. Some people say he's crazy. Some people say he's crazy like a fox. I personally have a hard time figuring out what his end game is. Mm-hmm. And because, mm-hmm. of, of course, the problem with putting forces on high alert, as he has done, is you increase the likelihood that there will be a mistake, that somebody will accidentally exactly. respond, uh, over-respond to something that may not even be real, right? Yeah, that's exactly right. It increases the chances of miscalculation or error, for sure. Yeah, because I think I recall, I don't recall the details. I meant to look it up, and I apologize, I didn't. But weren't there, weren't there a couple of episodes in the Cold War uh, where, like, there was, I remember there's some story that I've read in the past where there's some Soviet uh, radar operator where they actually thought they were under attack, and according to their uh, parameters, their their procedures, they were obligated to respond, and the guy just sat on it. He sat literally watching his screen. It was like a War Games moment where he was watching the incoming missiles, they should have launched according to their existing protocols. He didn't because he didn't trust the machine, and the machine was wrong. It was a false alarm. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yep, that did happen a couple times during the Cold War. I think actually during the Cuban Missile Crisis, um, the United States conducted a nuclear test, uh, not realizing, and that could have had the potential to lead to escalation too. Thank goodness it didn't. Yeah. I hope they fix that. Yeah, yeah, I hope so. Yeah. So yes, I will say our systems are much more secure since after then. Trump. Trump is the one that uh, made our systems better, right? He he certainly invested the right amount of money into our nuclear deterrent, and that's been helping, definitely. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I just hope I hope Putin is, is smart enough. You made the excellent point in your piece. You said, you know, a nuclear attack of any size. There is no small nuclear weapon. And any kind of nuclear attack in Ukraine would just, I, I don't know, how, I don't know how you keep the genie in the bottle after that. You know, it's just a, it's frightening to even think about. Right. It is frightening. And. You know, Russia has, Putin tries to protect his Russian-speaking people in Ukraine, you know, with a nuclear weapon, would the fallout um, kill them as well? Would it get his own forces in Ukraine? It's, I don't know. It's tricky. I think I'm hopeful that he, he will realize it is a very bad decision to use a nuclear weapon in Ukraine. Yeah. Well, Patty Jane, we want to thank you for all the hard work that you do, all the work that Heritage does, and just thanks for your uh, your efforts in this regard, and, and 
we'll just pray that we all stay safe and that the, the Lord will get us through with us. And, and come back on the show anytime. We always love to chat with you. Oh, absolutely. I'd love to come back. Thanks for having me today. Yes, ma'am. Take care, folks. It's uh, Patty Jane Keller from the Heritage Foundation, and we'll be right back after these words from our sponsors with more Saturday Morning Coffee. I'm Reese Boyd, Savannah Craven, and Glenn Dye. Stick around. We'll be right back. Patch me up, boys. Take me home. You not hearing what I say. Saturday Morning Coffee. The Reese Boyd Radio Hour is now two full hours. More Reese coming up next on Talk 94.5. Hi, everybody. It's Reese Boyd, your host for Saturday Morning Coffee here on Talk 94.5. I'm also a practicing attorney with the firm of Davis and Boyd Attorneys at Law. You can tune in to Talk 94.5 every Saturday morning from 7 to 9 for all the great conservative talk and content that you've come to expect on Saturday Morning Coffee. But for all of your personal and business legal needs, I hope that you will give us a call at Davis and Boyd to discuss how we can assist you. From business litigation, business consulting, estate planning, personal injury, including motor vehicle collisions, probate litigation, trust disputes, whatever your litigation or other legal needs may be, give us a call to see if our legal team of professionals at Davis and Boyd can assist you with those needs. Call me, Reese Boyd, at 843-839-9800 or reach us online at davisboydlaw.com. It's Davis and Boyd, attorneys at law, ready to be your choice for lawyers here on the Grand Strand. The Reese Boyd Radio Hour, two full hours on Talk 94.5. everybody welcome back to saturday morning coffee the reese boyd radio hour thanks for sticking with us here on the second bonus cup hour the bonus second cup hour i always get that backwards of saturday morning coffee joined here in the studio but we've had a bang up show today a lot of great guests i want to thank uh, patty jane uh patty jane geller from the heritage foundation she writes a lot of great stuff you should uh, follow her i meant to uh, ask uh, for her twitter handle but y'all should check her out uh, at at heritage.org she writes a lot of good stuff and we uh, always appreciate having the folks from heritage on the program they do great work and they're really really smart and we really owe them a debt of gratitude uh, for the work that they do she's really she's like savannah She's very smart. Oh, thanks. And, uh, so, but we're joined here in the studio by another great guest. We had a bang up lineup with the guest today. We're joined here by my, my good friend Ken Richardson. Uh, Ken is a candidate, as you probably know already, for the seventh congressional district seat, uh, currently held by Tom Rice. And uh, so you've been on the show before, Ken. I think you're one of our first repeat uh, congressional candidates. I, we actually, I think we made the rounds. We've invited everybody. I think everybody that wanted to come on the show, we had, a, we had another candidate last week. So you wanted to come back. So welcome to the program. I'm glad to be here. I appreciate it, Reese. I really enjoy coming over on your show. Really it's, we always love to hear from you and love to uh, I tell people there's 
uh, a certain amount of courage uh, that it takes to put your name on a ballot, and either courage or a lack of judgment. And, uh, and, and so we always appreciate bringing you guys into the studio and letting you share with us how it's going. How is the campaign going? Everything good? It's, it's going great. It really is. We are uh, getting a lot of people reaching out, a lot of new people getting on board, and uh, you know, a lot of good things are happening for us. Well, that's good. That's good. Um, what do you think about uh, – I know uh, a lot of things that you've been focusing on lately have related to election integrity. Did yeah, what's, what's uh, going on? What's going on? Absolutely. On that front? Well, you know, uh, actually, it started about a little, almost a month and a half ago. Uh, you know, I was the very first person to call all the other candidates out and ask them to put out their, you know, public to come out and say how you feel about election integrity. Mm-hmm. How did you feel about the way the last election went? How did you feel about President Trump and whether he won the election or not? Yeah. And uh, of course, you know, it's 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 the way it always goes. Usually, there's always somebody that calls it out and. And then once they call it out, uh, you know, you got a little bit of people fighting at the beginning. And then after a while, everybody kind of gets on board. And then, you know, and it's after that, then it kind of becomes their idea. And they like to say that they're the ones that, you know, that came up with the idea. But, you know, when we're talking about election integrity, it's more than just who came up with the idea. I mean, you know, we got a serious problem with it. We yeah. really do. Yeah. We really do. And I'd say this many times i've said it many times i'll say it again if if we don't fix the electoral process if we and and i i don't like to harp on 2020 because and i've told people this for a long time i said look we're not getting anywhere harping on 2020 because we're not going to undo 2020 and i think that's finally everybody ultimately came around to the idea we're just not going to undo it it's a done deal it's in the history books joe biden right or wrong i believe wrong Mm -hmm. is president but we have to focus on the future. We've got to make sure we fix the system right. so what we thought happened or what we believe happened in 2020 doesn't happen again. Exactly. Yep. Absolutely. Well, you know, uh, about uh, – I, I guess it's been a little over a month ago. I, you know, I wrote an op-ed, and, um, and Steve Bannon picked it up. Yeah. And uh, Steve called and asked if I would come on his show, and I did. And we talked about election integrity. And, you know, we're, you know, we're nine months away from an election, and we really have not fixed the last election yet. No. And, um, you know, and I get asked this on the campaign trail people all the time. You know, they, they, they ask about, uh, you know, how I feel about the voting machines, how I feel about paper ballots, how I feel about, uh, you know, different things that go through the system. And, you know, quite frankly, you know, I um, I like the good old days when you walked in there and you handed them your driver's license yeah. and they, they had the little blue book and they opened it up and they looked up your name and they gave you a little sticker so you could go and vote. And, you know, now you got to go in and they type your name in a computer and, yeah. you know. And they could scan your driver's license now. Yeah, so it makes it even faster and easier. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, what do you think we should do? What's your what what in you know two or three bullet points? What's your what's your suggestions? Well, I mean, uh, th- there's still a lot of people that don't trust the voting system, and uh, and if if you're out there today, uh, anybody or most of the people that I know, when we heard that they were going to accept mail-in ballots in 2020, everybody knew that election was over. Yeah. At least I did because, you know, I'm, and, and you have to, you know, everything starts back locally at home. Yeah. And uh, you have to remember, you know, just like at my house, you know, when I get mail, I get eight pieces of mail with eight different names on it. It might have K. Richardson, W. K. Richardson, Ken Richardson, whatever it might be, but I'll get eight pieces of mail. Well, if you're honest, you get, you're going to take your one ballot and you're going to vote one time. Yeah. But there are people out there that are not honest. Well, well, yeah. and I, th- 
it's important to, you know, have that integrity and know that, you know, my vote matters, right? Amen. Because we have a president currently that says, you know, it's racist for a certain group of people to have an ID, but you have to have an ID to get on a plane. You have to have an ID to have a driver's license and, you know, simple things like that. It's like, so if we have to Buy have a beer, right. <laughs> if you want to, you know, go vote and prove that this is my vote, this is my name, this is who I'm going to be voting for, that shouldn't be such a crazy ideology, right? And it also secures that, like, I know that my vote is being taken into account and that it's going to matter. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, Craven, I'm going to say something to you. you got to be very careful with what you just said because you're starting to make sense. And a lot of people – lot cancel people, you. Yeah, cancel you. Yeah, be careful because a lot of people don't like common sense now. And you see, no. you got to be very careful with that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, and isn't it insulting to suggest to people that, that – that they wouldn't want to show an ID because doesn't right. it suggest that they're up to no good? I exactly. Mean- yeah. Colton Furlow and I, we went around on the boulevard last summer asking uh, people of color if they thought that it was racist for them to show ID to vote. And they're like, no. I, and they're like, well, do you know where the DMV is? Do you know how to use a computer? Because our president said that some black people don't know how to use a computer, which... Um, okay, that's a little racist. That's <laughs> and, and that they can't get a driver's right. license. Right, and yeah. they're like, no, I have a driver's license. He's like, you know where the DMV is? They're like, yeah, okay, so it shouldn't be that difficult. <laughs> and if you don't drive, then you have a state ID. Yeah, that's exactly. right. Yeah. That's right. Identification Amen. card, uh, passport. <laughs> Ken, we've got to earn a few uh, commercial dollars. Sure, Can go, you stick with us? Yeah, go right ahead. Folks, we're talking to Ken Richardson, candidate for Congress, and we'll be right back after these words from our sponsors with more Saturday morning coffee. Don't leave town. Text us, 843-798-TALK. Saturday morning coffee, the Reese Boyd Radio Hour on Talk 94.5. Hi, everybody. It's Reese Boyd, your host for Saturday morning coffee. And we're here today talking with Scott Pyle of Pyle Financial Services. Reese, Pamela and I have always cherished that we get to live on the coast of South Carolina. What a privilege it is to serve our friends and neighbors along the Grand Strand and beyond with clients in 27 states. And just this year, Pile Financial Services was recognized as the number one company in the country with our broker-dealer out of Dallas, Texas. As we look to celebrate and ring in the new year, now is the time to review your financial relationships. 2022 could be a year of much volatility with elections, midterms, and potential tax law changes. If you don't have an advisor you trust, call Pile Financial Services at 843-945-4480 or find them online at pilefinancialservices.com. It's Pile Financial Services, aligning wealth with purpose saturday morning coffee the reese boyd radio hour is now two full hours full hours on talk 94.5 every time i try to make it on my every time i try to stand start to fall all those lonely roads that I traveled, there was Jesus. Good morning, everybody. Welcome back to Saturday Morning Coffee 851. On your Saturday morning, you have done it. You've shared another Saturday morning 
with us here on Saturday Morning Coffee. You've made it to the parting wisdom segment of Saturday Morning Coffee. I want to thank everybody. We didn't get a chance to get to text this morning, but I want to thank Jesse the Horseman, Tom Heron, Cadillac Gary, James from Myrtle Beach, uh, Steve Howell, Andy Thompson, all of you checking in this morning on the PCRXcomputers.com text line. Thanks for uh, thanks for being with us here on the show. And uh, sorry we didn't get to too many comments, but we did have some good ones. Joined here again in the studio by Ken Richardson, candidate for Congress. And Ken, I wanted to ask you this. Uh, I'll give you a chance to share some parting wisdom in a moment. But what would be wrong with starting the election with a paper ballot? And if you want to use computers to count those ballots, but shouldn't we just start the election process with a paper ballot? I I, I, I would enjoy that. I love the days of the paper ballots. I love the days whenever we could go to the courthouse and everybody knew about 930 who won the election. Everybody get excited. And, you know, now we got to wait to 2, 3 o'clock in the morning for them yeah. to come on stage and tell us it's going to be three weeks. They say, yeah. we, they say we have to have computers to count the votes, but it seems like all these voting machines and everything are just complicating the system. Uh, yeah. And I agree. I agree. Uh, so, absolutely. Yeah, I think that's something we should we should push for and keep it. We've and again, we've got to fix this process. We've got to people have to have confidence in their electoral. And it's like Savannah was talking about. If somebody does a mail in ballot from a dead person or whatever, if it's a fraudulent ballot, that ballot is counted equally with Glenn's ballot. So every fake ballot cancels out somebody's vote. And exactly. we can't have that. We can't well, have that. Well, you know, Rachel, and you will never convince me that Joe Biden got eight million more votes than Donald Trump campaigning from his basement. Yeah. And, and, and five the, million more than Barack Obama well, did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like, uh, no. Well, no. Yeah, you know, uh, unfor- didn't happen. <laughs> uh, unfortunately, last year I, I lost my mother-in-law last year, who I'm very close. With. I was very, very close with my mother-in-law. But, you know, in, in the state of South Carolina, a lot of people don't know this. If you have if someone passes away in the state of South Carolina, it takes eight years to come off of the of the of the role. Yeah. Wow. Eight year for eight years your name is gonna stay on that role. Oh and a lot of people don't know that. But but that's a fact in South Carolina. Well we gotta shorten that time. Yeah, we Absol- fix oh absolutely. That. absolutely. Yeah. When you when you pass away, let me try I I'll tell you this, when you pass away, it doesn't take social security. Eight years to figure out your dead. No, 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 they doesn't. figure out your dead in a matter of minutes. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And so eight years doesn't work. Yeah. Sorry. Absolutely. Doesn't absolutely. work. We're gonna have to figure that out. So, uh, Ken, I wanted to ask you one thing. There's, you know, we've talked earlier today about the early on the show about the Trump rally in Florence today. I know a lot going on, a lot of attention lately to Trump's endorsement. What's your take on on where Trump is in all this? And I, I know you you are. You know, you're continuing to fight the good fight in the campaign, as you should, frankly. Yeah, ab- yeah absolutely. I mean, the Trump, you, you know, um, we'll go ahead and address that elephant. You know, the, the, the thing is with Trump, Trump was a great president. He did a great job. He's my president. And, I, and I, I'm looking forward to being able to work with him when he runs again. But, but the thing about it is there's a lot of people out there that support Donald Trump, but they don't, they don't support his endorsements. Mm-hmm. And that and that's what we're going on right now. You know, it's a situation where, uh, you know, Donald Trump, endor- we feel like he endorsed the wrong guy. But, you know, if I go tomorrow and I go to get a job at Walmart, they're going to do a better vetting job than Donald Trump did in the 7th District of South Carolina because he didn't call any of us and ask any questions and find out anything. And, uh, and you know, uh, we just feel like we've got a good chance to win this election and we think we can do it without a single endorsement. Right. I, want, I want people to endorse one guy. That's me. I want him to go and vote. I think that's important to call that out. You know, just because we back Trump, we support Trump, we don't agree with everything that he, you know, puts out there. So it's important that you said that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, and, and the endorsement, you know, uh, 
like with like with Russell, uh, Russell Fry got the endorsement, and I'm happy for Russell. And and uh, but now he's got to ride along with him on everything. But I can assure you this: everybody that's going over there this afternoon to Florence, I promise you, they're not going to see Russell Fry. They're, <laughs> I didn't they're, even they're, know. They're, like... Yeah, yeah they they're, they're going they're going over there to see Donald Trump. Yeah, yeah. So, Ken, it is the parting wisdom segment of Saturday Morning Coffee. You got any parting wisdom you want to share with our listeners today? Yeah, I, I would say one thing. You know, the, the time has come, and I, and I, you know, uh, I was telling someone this morning about how many places I spoke last week and how many, how many counties I was in last week. But the time has come for all of us Republicans to get together, and let's start fighting some Democrats, and let's quit – Quit fighting each other. Amen to that. And, I mean, and, uh, Amen to that. And, and we cannot be in a situation where I can't go speak to one group because I'm going to make another group mad. Yeah. And, and, right. it, ha- and it happens. And uh, a prime example was last Monday night. The Horry County Republican Party had an event. And they, I mean, I've never received a certified letter to have to speak before. Mm. But I got a certified letter, which they sent them to all the candidates. Mm-hmm. And two of the candidates didn't even show up. Hmm. Uh, Tom Rice did not show up. Russell Fry did not show up. Now, I don't care how you might feel about some certain group. Quite honestly, it's your responsibility as a candidate to walk into hostile territory, whether you know it's going to be hostile or not. Yeah. Right. Well, Ken, uh, thank you for coming on the show. As always, you're always welcome. How can folks find your campaign online? Uh, you know, Ken for Congress, KenForCongress.com. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm driving around in my big Suburban. I've got it wrapped. If you see me, blow the horn st- motion. We'll stop. We'll give you a little bit of information. I love to talk. Well, thanks for thanks for sharing your time with us this morning. Always great to have you. Thank you, Reese. Glad yes, to sir. be here. Savannah, you got any parting wisdom? we got about 30 seconds. Just exactly what uh, Ken said. You know, we need to really think about as conservatives, as Republicans, what do we stand on? We stand on limited government, election integrity, being able to have your freedom of speech and your freedom of religion and exist with these other people that may not think exactly with you, but we have these certain values that will always stand with us and we need to start working together uh, rather than being apart. Amen to that. Yeah. Well said. Thank well you. said. And thanks for uh, being our first official guest host. Yeah, great on the job program. today. Great job. I appreciate we'll, it. We'll it do this again. Yeah. Yay, we did really I well. Passed. Come back. Come back anytime, folks. It's been a great Saturday morning coffee. I think, if I can say that. Thanks for joining us here on the program. I want to thank all my guests. Thanks to Ken. Thanks to Savannah. Thanks always to Dr. Glenn Dye. Let me leave you with this bit of wisdom from the Proverbs: Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will direct your paths. That's Proverbs 3, verses 5 and 6. Y'all have a great week. Be blessed. We'll see you next week for more Saturday Morning Coffee. I couldn't see it then, but I can see it now. Well, there was Jesus.